Hello and welcome to our community, a podcast exploring purpose, possibilities and place. I'm your host, Anne Morgan, and I left my Manchester home and community when I was 18. After spending the next four decades making a home in numerous other cities and countries, I've returned to Manchester to rebuild a sense of home and place. I would love for you to join me on this exciting voyage of discovery. Hello, Anne here, and in this episode of our community, I'm in the village of Hayfield in the high peaks of Derbyshire on the 90th anniversary weekend of the historic Kindermass trespass. 90 years ago, members of the Young Communist League gathered at Kinder Scout here in Derbyshire to highlight the fact that walkers were denied access to areas of open country. When the group reached the plateau of Kinder Scout, there were violent scuffles with gamekeepers. As a result, five ramblers were arrested. They received jail sentences ranging from two to six months. According to the Hayfield Kinder Trespass Group website, this act of civil disobedience was one of the most successful in British history. It arguably led to the passage of the National Parks legislation in 1949 and helped pave the way for the establishment of the Pennine Way and other long-distance footpaths. Walkers' rights to travel through common land and uncultivated upland were eventually protected by the Countryside and Rights of Way Act, known as the Crow Act of 2000. This is the first of three conversations recorded over the Kindermass Trespass 90th anniversary in Hayfield Village Hall. I want to thank Joss Underwood from the Tent People, who generously introduced me to today's guest, Helen Darby. Helen is a queer non-binary poet from Manchester who lives in the High Peak. They often write about the interweaving of place, time, class and identity – and sometimes about internet dating. They have performed invited guest slots at Lancashire Spotlight, That's What She Said Manchester, Suburbia for Manchester Pride, Stirred and She Growls in Edinburgh Free Fringe, amongst many others. Their poems have recently been published in The Broken Spine and The Modernist magazines. In this recording, Helen delivers a beautiful rendition of their powerful poem, 1932, Kinder Scout. You can reach Helen on Instagram at Helen Louise Darby or at their website, HelenDarbyPoetry.com. Helen, we're talking today at the 90th anniversary of the Kinder Pass Trespass. And what's brought you here? So I'm going to be performing some poetry in the Sunday of the the actual anniversary, the 24th of April, in the Tent People's pop up on, on the Village Hall Green, and so I'm I'm performing there because I've written a poem about about the Kinder Trespass. It's called Kinder 1932, and the other poems that I've written that I'm going to be performing are all about folk music and socialism and the connection between. Manchester and this part of the world. The richness of that connection between the words and the environment and how important this area is to the to the people of Manchester because of course people always think of Manchester as being hugely industrial which it is and, and very built up but the contrast 
to places like this is astonishing. I think in the period that the Kinder Trespass was happening, so 1932, the contrast between the, the working conditions and the living conditions in Manchester and then the, the use of this area as leisure, this territory for leisure, which was oppressed by the landowners. Yeah, that, w- that was a huge relief for the workers of, of Manchester and Salford to be able to come out here. I think during, the, you know, earlier than that in, in 19th century, when the Industrial Revolution was happening in these areas, there were horrific conditions out here as well. So if you go up to Bugsworth Basin, Canal Basin, and go and look at where the, the industry, the, the smelting the, that was going on in that area and read contemporary accounts of what was going on there, it's it easily in, uh, is comparable or surpasses the dark satanic mills of the city. Um, so it, it is interesting if you go back more into history, into sort of 18th, 19th centuries, there were pocket wherever they wherever there was mining wherever there was smelting wherever there was transportation hubs there was uh, uh, horrendous conditions for the, the working class of those times so the mill workers as well dust the deafening noise of the mills you know i'm in new mills where there were seven working mills previously um through about 150 years and those working class people suffered as well but yeah when you get to to 1932 and you, you you're talking about the Socialists of, of Salford and Manchester looking to escape their life and get what the you know the song the Manchester Rambler talks about the the recreation the relief um, the ability to assemble with comrades in a outdoor space um, you know the the camp that that generated the the trespass in the first place for example. It was incredibly valuable. And the, the, so the, the connection that it has to me personally is through my parents. My parents, I, I was born in 1971. My mum was a folk singer. My parents were ramblers of of that kind of coming out of a kind, kind of the hippie movement, kind of the beatnik movement, but actually my, my family were North Manchester Catholics and they were, they were um, socialists. So I was raised in a socialist family. Um, socialist activist family union um, representatives in the family and so on and we had a connection through the music, through folk music through Ewan McCall's music through socialism back to the people who conducted the, the kinder trespass and I think that's why it really speaks to me and that's what's in that's what's in the poetry that I'm going to be performing in the event this weekend is the line through from the genesis of socialism into the 1930s and my poem references there several of the participants went on to take part in the Spanish Civil War in the International Brigade and the comm- the commemorators of whom are also have a presence here this weekend into the sort of 60s and 70s at my parents but then on to when I was young in the 90s in the free party movement and all, all of these sort of areas of resistance and then up to the present day and it's like the question is that where are we in the present day in terms of that line through and the, the remembrance of that history and the fact that we, we, we do all share it in this area 
so it's really been really interesting today to walk around and see, as I say, the, the people who were keeping the, the flame alive for the International Brigade, the people who are remembering the, the Kinder Trespass. And then we've got Caroline Lucas coming here to talk um, today. We've got, you know, we've got people who are concerned about climate. We've got people who are concerned about rights to access. There's an event happening around wild swimming tomorrow. Um, I'll say no more about that, but there is. It's been in The Guardian, so it's not like I'm saying anything um, untoward. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in that. How do, how do we keep the line alive? Um, and yeah, this area, Manchester, up to Kinder, the the, the Kinder Plateau, kin, you know, Kinder Scout, Kinder Low, Kinder Downfall, all of it has a massive resonance for me. And I think it, it's partly because uh, of the train line. I've never learned to drive. And so it's all. This has always been where I was brought. So my parents used to take me to the Blue John Caverns when I was a kid. Um, it's always been here it's always been like this is the beacon out to me out of Manchester and Salford it's always been that train line and getting off here or at Edale um, and walking and that it's it's always meant a a really great deal to me and I'm very grateful to be able to now walk up kinder from my house without even getting on a, a form of transport so yeah, really, really gratified and excited to be reading the poem. Um, never expected to be reading it when I wrote it on the uh, on the 90th anniversary. It really means a lot. So this is called 1932 Kinder Scout. He is rolling a cigarette, one-handed. Lick, spittle, rough flakes picked from a lip. Smoking out the push-down window as the train puffs itself to Hayfield and our ascent. Through William Clough, rough-shorted, a fire with comradeship and the broad shouldering of our collective burden. We will walk ten and twenty abreast, hearts beating with the fast knowledge that we will stand down the keepers. Claim this ground, fern and bracken, stone and lichen, brooks babbling and curlews crying all. We can see it from Salford. It calls to us, saves us, makes us more than slaves, makes us whole. The burn of cold breath in our chests. The shared sun on our backs. The hard-earned pint gulped down. This leisure we will take. A right to a lungful. Not in service to bosses. Not sold. He is raising his stick to cry tally and we are running towards them. Cotton grass trampling and fate in our gasping, muscle and sinew and bone. Arrested tomorrow, fell in Spain in an anum. 
drowned on a French beach in five years or sung out forever in pub parlours, at rallies and across fields far from home. We are land set in motion, fraternity flowing like rivers. No moment is only, no working man is alone. That was beautiful. Thanks. Thank you, Helen. That really was very powerful and beautifully delivered. It means a lot. Well, I'm very glad to be able to do it here, but I'm glad that I've been able to capture it. I think that... I don't know where socialism is now. You know? And I, because I was raised in a, a socialist family, it's difficult to de- describe what it's like to have been raised in a family that is an assumption alongside the Catholic religion because it's you're raising it that that it is just right there isn't a question there isn't an outside that there isn't another way of being there isn't it isn't an argument and we seem to have come to a point now where it's completely untenable unviable unthinkable socialism The, the idea that you would care about people other than yourself and your immediate family that seemed to die a death like late 90s with the with new, new labor in this country and it's become even through Jeremy Corbyn's limited length of leadership and the near miss and and so on I don't know it's very hard to keep your hope up really in contemporary times I think and I think maybe looking back is a way of, of recognising ordinary people used to believe in these ways of being and thinking and they it, they weren't considered a joke or a, a metropolitan or woolly liberal or politically correct or idiotic or any of those things they, it, they, were, they were considered you know good sense good sense and a moral rectitude that's what socialism was and i just wonder if we can find a way back to that because we certainly need to i was trying to find something about hope we all want to carry some hope in our heart that, that it will be better that people will be kinder that we can share what we have instead is this feeling of what difference can I as one person make about contribution and gathering I mean I also grew up in a Catholic family albeit my parents were Northern Ireland my father worked in a factory did 12-hour shift he was a union person and he worked hard we benefited from that it's just gone now with him passing I think it's very hard to do that now with zero hour contracts and no pensions and everything being taken away. Getting back to your poem, the dignity of the working people, very hard earned. There was a hardness to it and and you've referenced that before with the work that they had to do. But there was also a pride and there was a dignity and there was a collectiveness about it which seems to have gone now. Everybody's retreated. It's become very introverted. And this collective action 
is is less and less, which is why I think reaching back into history and celebrating it and teaching it both to our children but to ourselves is so important. I'm 50. I think our generation's been through a fair bit in that, you know, we were, our parents and grandparents, grandparents were in the Second World War, our parents were boomers. Um, we've lived through and been personally connected to some really significant social changes. and the, But the people who came post the individualisation and instrumentalisation and, and neoliberalism of the Thatcher era... I don't. They don't have that personal connection to the things that existed before that. But the myth that was sold through Thatcher was about social mobility. It was about you know you cast off your working class shackles and roots and buy your council house and you will you too will be able to join the middle class. When when Benny Rothman and Co were um, bringing together you know groups of of socialist people that were do that were in the working class in 1932 there, there wasn't that idea that you would be able to escape the class so you uh, you you could unify because you had common cause Thatcher made us all scabs made us all sell out on that idea on the uh, on the aspiration that you were going to be able to be the new middle class now obviously post 2009 that myth's dead and it's you know we've still got a government in power who's calling back to it um semiotically and and literally but um and and and, and lots of people our age and older who remember all of those things and, and are still live in the mythology but the people who've come after in 2009 getting into generations now that are born after the banking crash will be coming are coming to majority are coming to um voting age People who were born after the banking crash are on the way to to that. Things are different now. Um, all the things that you referenced about insecurity, instability, you know, minimum wage contracts, and you know, the, the loss of an idea of a job for life, the climate crisis—all of those things that young people are facing. So the people who are, I can't imagine what it must be like to be eighteen now. Uh, I really can't. But they know that, like capitalism has failed, is failing. They know, they know that, and those are the people. I think they wouldn't. They're not going to be able to recreate pre-war um, socialism, but maybe some of the some of them will be able to take some of the principles of organisation, of unionisation, of collective bargaining, um, and apply them in this new sphere of precarity um i mean it, there, there's stuff happening in america already you you know this um like amazon getting a union and you know there's 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 activists there's got activists in the global south there's a you know there's there's activists everywhere that are, that are, are applying and governments in fact that are applying socialist principles so uh, it seems it's almost you just feel completely naive even having some trying to keep some faith in the future alive nowadays which is I find that quite sad and upsetting but um, what else can you do? We have to look forward with hope 
And history can teach a lot. You know, you can look back um, even further. You know, you can look back to the 19th and 18th centuries and, and look look at things that, you know, communities that came together and practices that emerged and and think about how those can be applied as well. So history is of great value. And, you know, this, this event this weekend has been quite cheering I think um, if you look at the, the number of different organisations represented in the, the the tent where they've got the different stalls of all the different different people you know campaigning about rights of access and climate and um, diversity in access to the countryside and all, all you know all sorts of different things go, going on there and it, it, it's nice to have a fair like that in a place like Hayfield if you have an information fair in a, in a country village often it'd be about a different set of subjects so really interesting and challenging and I think inspiring to see all of those things gathered together here today I think that is absolutely perfect that's a great place to end our conversation I love that I oh, thank you that's Anne great thank you Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear your feedback, so please drop me an email at anne at celebratingthestory.com. Please also follow and rate the podcast. It makes a big difference. Thank you.